checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Glory to God. So we started our journey um, talking about the Holy Spirit. So if you don't want it, then that's fine. We'll just teach the word. All right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got, we've been having some lull in the congregation lately. I don't even know. What are y'all doing? I don't know if you're here. I mean, I didn't think you were here Sunday. I'm not thinking you're here tonight. Amen. Come on. We got to get our minds shifted and our minds fixed, amen, on what we really need to be focused on, hallelujah, and not be distracted, evidently, with summertime, summertime, summertime. I guess this heat wave is getting to all y'all, amen, we got to stir ourselves up, amen, and not uh, come in here just wanting to sit, not even wanting to engage and just rest because you had to work all day, I guess. Come on, we got to get better than that. We got to know how to come in here expecting, knowing that we're going to come get filled up, amen, That the word of God's going to strengthen our spirit, man. Come on. We should be in the overflow at all times in the overflow. Amen. Ready to go. God says it how high. If he says jump, I'm saying how high. If he says, come on, whatever he says, I'm there. Amen. Whatever he says, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to be the first one to jump in because we, we need to make ourselves, put ourselves in the position that he at all times is ready to do something in our life, but we sit back and just wait instead of just saying, Lord, I'm here, whatever you want to do. Come on, fill me up. Give me the word. Strengthen me so that I can go out tomorrow and continue to be filled up, continue to conquer, continue to overcome. Come on. You shouldn't have to run dry. You shouldn't have to be weak. You shouldn't have to be weary. We shouldn't. We have the glory of the Lord. The glory, the glory that can bring a manifestation of anything we need in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we have to continue to be spirit conscious because this natural world and this natural realm continues to fight against what God says we really are. We are supernatural beings filled with the glory of God, filled with the spirit of almighty God. Amen. Amen. So there is nothing, come on, there's nothing in this world 
that should override that consciousness of what's on the inside of us and what we have. Amen. What we have already, not what we're trying to get, what we already have. The glory, his glory, the full weight of who he is, the full measure. Come on. And we have to prepare ourselves to continue to be a vessel, come on, that his glory can flow through. But it's not going to flow through if we don't expect it, if we don't anticipate it, if we don't come, you know, encouraged and know that these things are a part of our lives and that we don't have to live naturally, that we can always walk supernaturally. Hallelujah. We can always walk supernaturally, even in the midst of whatever it is going on in the world. Hallelujah. So we've got to stir ourselves up and not be what uh, Mark talks about with the parable of the sower, that we are so caught up in the things of this world, the riches, the seedfulness of riches and the cares of life, that the word is being choked out of your life. The word being choked out of your life. So when we come in here, we ought to be excited and, and just ready to jump in, knowing that God has a word for us. God's going to build our spirit man up. He's going to give us what we need, that the Holy Spirit's here. He wants to rest upon us. Come on. He wants to fill us up every time we come in here. So that we can be full of who he is and not full of the world or full of the circumstance or full of what's going on around us. But we can be full of him. Amen. And not be so distracted that we can't come in and engage. Hallelujah. No matter what's going on. You got to train yourself to be engaged. In every season, every day of your life, you have to train yourself to be engaged with the Spirit. Engaged with the Spirit. Being Spirit conscious, that's what we're talking about. I mean, that's not what we're going to talk about, but that's what the Holy Spirit's wanting to talk about, evidently. Spirit conscious, more conscious of the spirit than anything else. Amen. So that we don't get distracted with things that's going on. Amen. In our lives that we're not conscious of the spirit of God and what he's wanting to do. Amen. All right. Y'all had your little mama talk. Amen. I'll make you laugh tonight. Maybe. 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 Whatever the Holy Ghost wants, I'm yielded to him. Amen. Because he knows what we need, and I trust him. So we started our journey talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because so much 
that's going on right now in the earth, well, everything that's going on in the earth right now is being uh, revealed to us by the Spirit. Okay? And we have to talk about the ministry of the Holy Spirit because so many people still do not understand who the Holy Spirit is. We still have people that think the Holy Spirit is not for today. We still have people that think the Holy Spirit is a dove. We still have people that say it's it. We still have people that think the only thing the Holy Spirit does is give you chill bumps and power to run around and have fire and, and lay hands and have miracles when there's so much more to the, whole, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so last week, we started our journey all the way back in Genesis, and we saw that in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, that there was God, right? And he, what, began to speak. It says that the Holy Spirit was, what, hovering over the earth. Just like we talked about and sang about tonight, he was resting over the earth. He was hovering over the earth. And do you know what the Holy Spirit, this is important because you know what the Holy Spirit is not going to do anything that the word hasn't said for him to do. So he was waiting for the word to be spoken when God said, let there be light. That's when now the Holy Spirit can go in and activate what the word said. And what God said, he went and he accomplished, he demonstrated, he manifested. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will demonstrate and manifest what the word has said in your life. But you have to activate it. Just like God had to activate the word and say, let there be, then the Holy Spirit could go into motion and create what it was that God said that it would be. So outside of the word, the Holy Spirit can't move. He could be hovering over this house and without you engaging the Holy Spirit and activating the word for your life, the Holy Spirit can do nothing for you. So you can be in the atmosphere Come on, every time you could be in the atmosphere of the presence and the Holy Spirit's ready to go and, and work on your behalf, but because you sit there with no engagement, no activation, without speaking the word. Yeah, Holy Spirit, you come rest on me. You come fill me. Unless you activate it, the Holy Spirit is not gonna do it. Because the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he won't force you to do anything. He's not going to grab your tongue and flop it out of your mouth and make you speak in tongues. I'd like to rip some tongues out of some people's mouths. Aren't you glad I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost and walk in the love of God? Hallelujah, I'm glad I am because I'd be in jail, I guess. <laughs> there is no telling. Woo, no telling. 
Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You, you all looking at me like you ain't the same way. <laughs> but thank you for the Holy Spirit. Amen. The person of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And that goes for everything that the Holy Spirit does in our life. It's only going to activate anything in our life unless we yield to it. So we can have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. But unless we acknowledge the Holy Spirit and begin to release the Holy Spirit to operate on our behalf, he won't do anything. Won't do anything. Amen. We have a responsibility. But anyway, so last week we talked about that, that the Holy Spirit is there to bring the demonstration of the Word of God. And we've said this multiple times, you must understand that God has already done everything he's going to do for mankind. He upholds this world with his word, it says. Everything he created is upheld with his word. Who's his word? Jesus, wrapped in flesh, right? And dwelt among us. He was the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. And so we know this too, that Jesus has already fulfilled his assignment. Everything that God needed Jesus to do to redeem mankind has already been done. Jesus said it is finished. And when he said it was finished, he said, I had to go so that someone else can come. And that was who? the Holy Spirit. So now it is up to the Holy Spirit in the earth to work through man that is born again and not just born again, but yielded to him. Because many people are born again, but they do not yield to the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. Many people are born again, but they do not yield to the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. Okay? And so, it is the Holy Spirit now that is in the earth working to continue to accomplish what God needs done through man, amen, that's born again and yielded to the Spirit of God. We saw last week that also I want to remind you that we prove through scripture the Trinity because some people don't believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They have lots to talk about with the Father. They have lots to say about Jesus, but they still misunderstand the Holy Spirit and his working, his ministry. He is a he. We prove that in scripture. Amen. Last week, multiple, multiple scriptures. That he is a person. He is the third uh, person of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about last week that it was important that you recognize that he is a person because he can now 
under, he can now minister, uh, minister to us personally. If we don't understand him as a person, then how could we ever relate to him? Right? But because he is a person, we can now relate to him personally, right, while we are in the earth. We talked about the fact uh, and, and looked at some things concerning the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to highlight them because there was a couple that I didn't get to finish and I want to, to move in that arena tonight. We talked about the fact that it says that the Holy Spirit is a teacher, right? We talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit says that he was going to be one just like Jesus. So again, the Holy Spirit can do nothing outside of the word. They will always be in unity. Whatever Jesus said, whatever the word says, right, through scripture is going to be unified with whatever you hear that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. All right? They're going to always be in unity. We looked at the fact that he is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Amen. We looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit convicts. He is a convictor. A lot of people, as I said, only want to see the power of the Holy Spirit, only want to see the miracles of the Holy Spirit, only want to experience, you know, the power of God and the chill bumps, like I said, but they disregard, especially in today's Western society here in the United States of America, do not want you to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit's job is to convict you of sin. Okay? Uh, and we never like to talk about that. But he says when the spirit of truth comes, what is he going to do? He is going to convict the world of sin. Judgment and uh, righteousness, right? That's what he's going to do. We also see that the Holy Spirit can bring fruits to our life, right? The fruit of the Spirit, right? We also saw the fact that he is the one that the Holy Spirit can bring sanctification to your life. He is holy. That is his job. Part of the Holy Spirit's job, we're going to look at this in the weeks to come, is the inner working of the Holy Spirit. The inner working of the Holy Spirit is to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit and sanctification on the inside of your life. And there will always be evidence of that because the Holy Spirit brings a demonstration. So there will be fruit and evidence of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit in operation in your life. All right? We talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Whenever you choose to disobey what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, you are grieving the Spirit. One translation says quenching the Spirit. Quenching the Spirit. The Spirit cannot be quenched unless it has been revealed. So for it to be quenched or for it to be grieved, that means then that it has been revealed to you and you're quenching the Spirit. 
Illumination has come to you through the word or whatever the case may be, and you're quenching it by not obeying it. You're grieving it by not obeying what you're hearing on the inside to do. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. This is, this is a person. A person can be grieved. A dove cannot. Right? A dove cannot teach you anything. Right? A dove cannot convict you of anything. So we're seeing that he has the personality here of humanity. Uh, we talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit is jealous. Okay? We said that the Holy Spirit could be blasphemed, right? We also recognize in reading 2 Timothy chapter 3, which is where we really have launched from, is that the Holy Spirit can be denied. The Holy Spirit can be denied. His working in your life, you can deny the power of God to transform your mind. Okay? You have a form of godliness, but you deny the power to really transform your life. And that's why we see so many believers still defeated in their life. Because they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to actually transform their thinking, transform their life. Okay? They are what? They are denying that power to work within their life. There are other things that I did not get to, so I want to continue, and this is where we're going to start. This is found in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 29. The Holy Spirit can be insulted. You can only insult a person, right? The Holy Spirit can be insulted. So in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 29, out of the Amplified, it says, How much worse, sterner, or heavier punishment do you suppose he will be judged to deserve who has spurned and thus trampled underfoot the son of God and who has considered the covenant the blood by which he was consecrated common and unhallowed thus profaning it and insulting and outraging the Holy Spirit who imparts grace the unmerited favor and blessing of God. So the Holy Spirit can be insulted. That means you can know about the power of God, know about the blood of God, but then insult the person of the Holy Spirit. Insult him. Why? By not actually consecrating yourself to what it is he has placed within your life. One translation actually starts talking about trampling on the blood. Trampling on the blood in Hebrews. You can trample on the blood. Nobody talks about that today. You can trample on it. Insult it. Okay? Now, here we see in Acts chapter 5, and this is New Testament, one I just read you out of Hebrews, but this is also New Testament here, says the Holy Spirit can be lied to. In Acts 5, 3, out of the Amplified, Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart that you should lie to and attempt to deceive the Holy Spirit? You can lie 
to the Holy Spirit. And actually, the way you do that is you've become so uh, deceived thinking that you could lie to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit not know your heart. You've deceived your own heart, the Bible talks about. You deceive your own heart to think that you can lie to the Holy Spirit. No, the Holy Spirit knows everything that's going on on the inside of you. Every single thing. There is nothing hidden. If you are born again and the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit knows everything that's going on. He knows everything you're thinking, everything you're doing, every bit of it. Nothing is hidden from him, he says. And it's the Holy Spirit that knows if you're lying to yourself. Come on. So we have to recognize that this is one thing that could lead into major deception and pride, which is what pastor's been talking about on Sundays, is that you've lied so much to the Holy Spirit, you are so deceived within your own heart. That pride has entered in and you have a full open door to it. Thinking that you can get away with lying to the Holy Ghost. Well, what happened to Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament? They dropped dead. Why did they drop dead? They lied to the Holy Spirit. Nobody wants to use that New Testament scripture anymore in the church. Come on. So we must be careful about this. All right? And sensitive to the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Now, I want to look at a couple other scriptures concerning the fact that here we see him in this person Well, do you know we can see him, the fact that the Holy Spirit has a mind, has a will, and is able to speak. Has a mind, has a will, and is able to speak. This is in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 27 says this. And he who searches the hearts. Here we go. The Holy Spirit searches the hearts. That's why he knows if you're lying or not. So the Holy Spirit searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the Spirit is. What the mind of the Spirit is. So the Spirit has the mind. The person, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Okay? He has a will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11 says this, but one and the same spirit works all things distributing to each one individually just as he wills, as he wills. Amen. So he has a will and he can distribute to whom he wants to according to his will. He has emotions. 
The Holy Spirit has emotions. Romans 15 and 30 says this. Now I urge you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. This is, yes, to strive the love of the Spirit. That's an emotion, right? We know love is an emotion, right? So it's the love of the Spirit. You see that? Now, look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1. The Holy Spirit can speak some things, can say some things. It says, but the Spirit, say the Spirit, explicitly says the spirit says say the spirit speaks that in the latter time some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons so it, the spirit said this will happen so guess what it's going to happen but the Holy Spirit, we see as a person, can speak and say some things. Well, he would have to speak and say some things if he is going to teach us some things, right? So we're talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. This is very important. Now look over in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Here again, it says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Another scripture for you. Today, if you hear his voice. So the Holy Spirit, as a person, can speak to us. All right? So there's ways he can speak. He can speak through his word. But he can also speak to our inner man. All right? And we're going to get into that. Later on, when we start talking about the inner working of the Holy Spirit, okay? So again, we're laying the foundation of the Holy Spirit as a person and how we can connect with him as the third person of the Godhead, amen? And this is who is in operation today in the earth. Okay, the word has been left and the Holy Spirit's at work. Nothing that happens will happen outside of the spirit. Nothing that happens for God will happen outside of the spirit. And we're going to prove that probably next Wednesday. Okay. Nothing can happen outside of the spirit. Because even though we've been left the word, we've got the word. The spirit is the only one that can reveal the word to us. Can reveal the word to us. And it's the spirit that gives life to anything that we're going to accomplish. Okay, it's the spirit that is the revealer of truth. And we're going to see a couple of scriptures concerning that in a minute. So 
is the Holy Spirit for today? Well, is the Father for today? Is the Son for the day? So then the Holy Spirit would be for today, right? Hallelujah. Now, not only if the Father's relevant for the day and the Son is relevant for us today, the Holy Spirit is relevant for us today, and so much so that Jesus told his disciples to wait for it, to wait for it, right? So if Jesus didn't think it was important, why would he tell us to wait for it, tell his disciples to wait for it? Or if Jesus didn't think it was needed for today, why would he tell his disciples to wait for it? And what he told his disciples to wait for was a promise. He said, I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. It was a promise to us. So why would Jesus promise us something, but yet think that we shouldn't have to receive from it? Right? Because we sure want all of his other promises. We want all of his other promises. We want a promise of, you know, being blessed in the city and blessed in the field. And we want the promise of healing in our bodies. Come on. And we want the promise of everything that we put our hand to is going to prosper. We want all these other promises. Why would we not want the promise that he said which was to come? Right? So Jesus thought it was important. Right? And not only did he think it was important, he said, it's to your advantage. So some people, even as believers, are still missing out on an advantage for their life. When they choose to reject the Holy Spirit and the fullness of everything that the Holy Spirit has to offer in a believer's life. If they reject it, then guess what that means? They are still at a disadvantage. So why would we still want to be at a disadvantage when he said that it would be to my advantage? You need it. It's necessary for your life in the earth. Say, I need the Holy Spirit. Say, I want the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we need the Holy Spirit. It is to our advantage. Not only that, we see that Jesus asked the Father. So the Father wanted to send the Holy Spirit. He asked of the Father to send the Holy Spirit, right? And the Father obviously gave it. Amen. Now, everybody wants to focus on Jesus. And they don't ever want to focus on the one person that's still in the earth that makes things happen, which is the Holy Spirit. Well, I have Jesus and I'm good to go. Right? Well, Again, he said there's an advantage for understanding who the Holy Spirit is. And we always say this, that Jesus is our example, correct? He's our example. So why would we not want to follow his example? 
And we can see all through the New Testament, Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit while he was a man in the earth, full of the Holy Spirit without measure. He only was able to accomplish his purpose and his assignment through the Holy Spirit working through his life. And we're going to see, I'm just going to read to you everything concerning Jesus and the Spirit of God. I did not put these scriptures up on the screen. I would challenge you to write them down as I read them. Okay, I'm not going to read them in their entirety, but I'm going to give you the scriptures that I have in a minute. So Jesus needed the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to accomplish uh, what the father needed him to do. Look here in John 14, 16 through 17. He, this is where he is asking the father. It says, I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he would be with you forever. See that? That he would be with you forever because Jesus is not with you forever, only in his word, right? So the person of the Holy Spirit replaced the man or the person of Jesus that walked in the earth. You see what I'm saying? So he, as a man, had to go so that the Holy Spirit could come as the person and live on the inside of what? Every single person who would call on his name. So now every single person can have the Holy Spirit a part of their life if they've called on the name of the Lord. So he says, I'm going to give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Say, I have truth on the inside. Now listen to this. It says, whom the world cannot receive. The world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides, what? With you and will be in you. He will abide with you and will be in you. That is the spirit of truth. That is the helper. That is the Holy Spirit. One, just like Jesus. John 16, 5 through 15. I want to read this. It says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. This is Jesus. Who's, who he going? He's going to him who sent him, the Father. Again, this talks of the Trinity. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. Say, it's to my advantage. That I go, for if I do not go away, the helper, say the helper, will not come to you. You have the greatest advantage when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you because guess what? You always have help. Always. There should never be a time that you feel helpless. 
because you have the helper on the inside of you. You may feel it, but you don't have to stay in that feeling. You can immediately say, well, wait a minute. I have a helper on the inside of me. Glory to God. I have the helper. I don't have to feel helpless in this situation. All I have to do is acknowledge the Holy Spirit and ask for Hallelujah. So the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I'll send him to you. And he, when he comes, what will he do? We already talked about this. He'll convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will what? Guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Again, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, is it glorifying Jesus? Is it in line with his word? Because if it is not, then it's not the Holy Spirit. And we'll get into that later on. But his spirit will always speak the same thing the word is speaking. They will be unified. I have to say that continually. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you to go marry so-and-so's husband. Y'all think I'm crazy. Heard of it. Been there. Done that. Heard of many of it. Right? The Holy Spirit is not, well, I heard the Spirit say it was a wrong spirit. Because it does not line up with Scripture. Amen. At all. So, but people get crazy like that. Okay? And if you're not founded in the Word, the truth of the Word, that's how you get off and you get deceived. Okay, so he's going to guide you into all truth, not going to speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he'll disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Look at Acts chapter two. Acts chapter 2, verse 15 through 21. This is good teaching. You know, you have to go from A to Z today to teach on the Holy Spirit because they're still so, it's still so misunderstood, okay? And not only that, people get off thinking it's the Holy Spirit and they're listening to other spirits, which goes in line with Deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay? And so it's very important that we understand.
fully how the Holy Spirit functions and operates. So Acts 2, 15 through 21 says this, For these men are not drunk as you suppose. This is Jesus, all right, me saying that Jesus wanted his disciples to wait so that the Holy Spirit could be poured out, right? It says, For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women... Amen. We'll prophesy and and preach and do the things that God tells them to do. I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they will prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs in earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone, right, who calls on my name will be saved. Unless Jesus died and went to the Father and sent the Spirit, no one could be saved. So now that he died, he rose, and the Holy Spirit was poured out Man now can be saved. How are men getting saved? By the Holy Spirit, we're going to see in a little bit, drawing them. Okay? By the Holy Spirit, drawing them. Now, let's look at the examples of Jesus and how he walked and everything that we see through the New Testament concerning things of, that were birthed by the Spirit for him to accomplish, okay? Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome the devil, to walk in dominion and authority over demons. He needed the power and the Spirit of God to be able to uh, Heal bodies, to heal every disease, to cast out devils. He needed all of this to be able, he needed the Holy Spirit to be able to do all of this, to walk in the earth as a man, just like us. He is the representative of what we were supposed to be, right? To have dominion over the earth. To have authority over demons, over sickness, over disease. To be able to overcome our flesh. Come on. Everything. And we see through scripture that Jesus was able to accomplish this by the power of the Holy Spirit. Working through him in the earth as well. Look at Matthew. Well, you don't have to go there. I just want you to write these down, okay? In Matthew 1, 18 and 20, I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to say, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary. Come on. I'm saying that nothing happens in the earth outside the demonstration of the Holy Spirit or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Because when the word speaks, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings it to pass. So Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and that can be found in Matthew 1, 18 and 20. Jesus, while his conception was in Mary's womb, what about this? Was confirmed by Elizabeth. What happened? When they came together and the Holy Spirit began to leap. Come on. I got to get my page flipped. It's sticking. That was in Luke 1, 41 through 45. Jesus, his dedication as a baby in the temple was accompanied by the supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit as Eli, the priest, and Anna, the prophet, prophesied over him. Luke 2, 25 through 38. Jesus' arrival to Israel was announced by John the Baptist, who under the anointing of the Holy Spirit declared that Jesus was the one who would baptize in the Holy Spirit and fire. And that was found in Matthew 3:11 and Acts 11:16. Jesus spoke of the baptism in the Holy Spirit and commanded his disciples to stay in Jerusalem until he had recited uh, this, right? And that was found in Luke 24:49 and Acts 1, 4 through 5. Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit at the Jordan River, right? When he was baptized by John the Baptist. That's when the Holy Spirit, what, came upon him. When he was baptized and when he was brought up in the Holy Spirit, the Lord said, this is my, what, son in whom I'm well pleased. So he was endued with power in Luke, or excuse me, that was Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. Jesus was given the fullness of the Spirit without measure. That was in John 3, 34. The fullness of the Spirit without measure. So this is how Jesus functioned in the earth as a man. Jesus was what? led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. So even Jesus had to be led by the Spirit. He couldn't just go do whatever he wanted to do. He was submitted to the Father. He listened to the Holy Spirit lead him as he was in the earth doing all the exploits that he did, it was all because he was being led by the Spirit. So he was born of the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. 
without measure, and he was led by the Spirit. The three things that we, every believer, should be. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and now what? Led by the Spirit. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit. Every believer should be just like Jesus if we were in his image, correct? Yeah. Hallelujah. So he was led by the Spirit. That was Matthew 4, 1, led by the Spirit in the wilderness, right? And he was led, it also said, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he was led by the Spirit, but we know there is power that comes with the Holy Spirit. So it says he was in the power of the Spirit in Luke 4, 14. Amen. Hallelujah. And then Jesus stated publicly that his ministry was a result of the power of the Holy Spirit in Luke 4, 18, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus in Matthew 12, 31 and 32 warned about the danger of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one that said that. Okay? Jesus taught about the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. That was found in Matthew 10, 20, Mark 13, 11, Luke eleven thirteen, Luke 12, 12, and John 7, 39, John 14, 15, and 16 chapters. All, he always taught and talked about the Holy Spirit. Jesus proclaimed that we must be born of water and the Spirit. And that was in John 3, 5 through 8. Okay, y'all awake? Jesus offered himself upon the cross like a lamb without spot or blemish through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9, 14. Hebrews 9, 14. It's a great book, Hebrews is. Jesus was rescued from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit rescued him, what, and raised him from the dead. And if the same power, come on, that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. See that? The same power that raised him from the dead lives on the inside of you. How could we be helpless? Come on. How could we not be overcomers? How could we be depressed? How could we not enjoy life and life more abundantly? How come we can't be satisfied with what the Holy Ghost has done for us and given us? Come on. 
walking in joy, walking in freedom, walking in fruitfulness in our life by the power of the Holy Ghost. Anything dead in you should be alive. If you would just yield. Yield. Hallelujah. That was found in Romans 8, 11. Jesus was exalted to the right hand of God, poured out his spirit upon the church on the day of Pentecost. Poured out his spirit on the what? The church at the day of Pentecost. And they went out filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of God and turned this world upside down. And we are still fulfilling the book of Acts, guys. Hallelujah. We should be seeing, come on, miracles still today. We should still be seeing the power of God in our lives, working in every situation that's going on. We should be seeing demonstrations of the Spirit of God every day in our life. We should be walking supernatural naturally. But we won't do these things if we're not yielding and if we're not spirit conscious of what is on the, the power that is on the inside of us. To be able to overcome anything, any obstacle, anything. You think I'm here because it was easy? You think I'm here because I didn't have problems to have to overcome, but we ought to be in a place of overcoming and not staying in a place of brokenness. He said he came to heal the brokenhearted. We are not to live in brokenness. We are not to live in the uh, things that have happened to us in our life. We are supposed to be overcomers in everything. We are supposed to be conquerors over everything. We are supposed to be victors and not victims of our life. Because we have the power of the Holy Ghost living on the inside of us. Amen. We got to get rid of the old mentality and the sin consciousness and start walking in a spirit consciousness every day of our life because it's so easy to stay in a natural realm. I'm not talking about being so flaky and you know all you know all this stuff i'm saying we can be solid people walking around supernaturally and everywhere we go god is with us and there is a demonstration of the glory of god the power of god the anointing of god in our lives everywhere we go and everywhere we go things change things happen because we are constantly activated, constantly engaged, constantly being led by the Spirit of God, 
constantly being listening to his voice and no other voice will I follow. I only listen to his voice and his voice alone. Amen. We can't be listening to everything else. All this garbage, always spewing, all these things always being said. We need to listen to the voice of the Lord on every occasion, all the time. Quit feeding your spirit on junk. Feed your spirit on the word of God. Feed your spirit, come on, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Being conscious and meditating on the word day and night. Have the word turning around in your mind all the time. Right? But we're so distracted with so many other things that it's pulling us away from that spirit consciousness. I'm telling you. Okay? So, Jesus understood and we see that everything he did in the earth was through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. All right? The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's move over to uh, talking about the Spirit of God being the revealer. Because we said that as he would go, then the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And then what? Uh, We saw that because he went to the Father, all man now can be what? Saved. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Nothing about Christ can be revealed unless it's revealed by the Holy Spirit. People can read this Bible all day long. And you've heard people, I just read the Bible and it just doesn't mean anything. It's just a book. It's just da-da-da-da-da. But it's by the Holy Spirit that it brings what? Revelation. Illumination. It's by the Spirit. So even his word cannot be revealed unless the Spirit reveals it. So we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the word to us. If you heard the statement, it just seems like the light came on. That's the Holy Spirit bringing the illumination or bringing that a revelation of the word. So that you then now can see that. That's why he calls it. The light. We can see the light. The light bulb comes on because the Holy Spirit begins to reveal it. Okay? So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 10 through 16 says this. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man, which is him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. The thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Okay? Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. And I'm talking to assuming that everyone in here is born of the spirit, is born again. You're not born again if you've never made a confession with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
And so that's why you can continue to sit and hear and still it makes no sense because the Holy Spirit has got to what? Reveal it to you. It's got to, it's got to turn the light on, right? That's why we pray that when people come in that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened so that the light can come on so that they can see the revelation of the word so that the spirit can begin to what reveal to them and draw them that they need the Lord because it says that what the loss that the veil of darkness is over their eyes so that they can't see the light So we have to pray that the veil of darkness be removed off of people's eyes so that they can see the light of the gospel. So that the spirit of God can begin to illuminate and reveal to them that they need the Lord and that they need a savior. Amen. So in verse three. I think it was 12 where we were. For now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. So the only way we're going to know is by the spirit of the things that's given to us, which things also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit. See that? Taught by the Spirit. That's why you want to be in a church that allows the Spirit to flow and to teach and to be welcome in this place. Because without the Spirit in this place, the Word would be dry, boring, come on, religious, and wouldn't do a thing for your life. And that's why we still see so many people that go to church But there's no, the spirit's not there to bring complete wisdom and revelation and understanding of what's freely given to them. You see that? Not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the spirit. Combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness to him. And he can't understand them because they are spiritually appraised. These things are spiritually appraised or discerned. But see, people that don't know God, that don't have God, it's foolishness to them. And you hear them say it all the time. Why you go to that church? That's just foolishness. You always at that church. You know, you're crazy. That don't even make no sense. There is no God. What are you even doing? It's foolishness to them because they don't have the spirit of God living on the inside of them and the spirit hasn't revealed to them yet. That's why we have to pray for them so that then the veil can be removed And they can see the light of the gospel. You see that? Because if we don't, they won't see. Amen. So we've got to pray. It says, but he who is spiritually appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have what? 
the mind of Christ. Aren't you thankful? You ought to be thankful that you have the mind of Christ. If you're born again, you better be thankful or you would be crazy like all these other people. Right? Not knowing if you're a girl or a boy. Come on. Insanity. You need to be thankful that you have the mind of Christ. That you've been given his mind. That I have a quick, a sharp, a bright, a smart mind. Come on. And I speak over my mind that I'm going to have the mind of Christ for the rest of my life. I'm not going to have dementia. I'm not going to have. Come on. No, my mind's going to be blessed. I'm going to think straight. Amen. So that we don't have to lose our mind like all these other people are losing their mind. Because we have the mind of Christ. But we've got to keep our mind fixed. Come on, we got to keep it fixed. So that we don't start thinking like the world again. Hallelujah. So let's look at John 6, 44. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. No one can go to God unless the Spirit or the Father, what, draws him. Actually, the scripture, one scripture says, no man goes after God, no, not one. No one goes after God. So no one's searching for God. No one's going after God. People that are lost with the sin nature, they are not going after God. They are not searching for God. You see that? It's the Father that's choosing them. I chose you. What am I doing? I'm drawing you into the kingdom of God. I'm drawing you by the Spirit of God. I'm drawing you by illuminating the Word of God. How will they know unless someone is sent? Someone's got to tell somebody about the Lord So that then the Holy Spirit, because that's the word speaking into them, you're planting the seed of the word. And it's then when you go and begin to what? Speak to them. The Holy Spirit now can go into activation. Penetrate their heart with the word of God and can begin now to deal with people. Because you planted the seed of the word and you what? Released the spirit of God to go into activation so that now it can draw them. So that that when they're laying in the bed all alone at night and the bottle's not there and the drugs aren't there and the girls aren't there and the money's not there. And then the Holy Ghost is there with the seed of that word speaking, drawing, come on, coming alive on the inside of them. And saying, this, this is the bottomless pit. This is what you need. You see that? And I've said this in morning prayer time and time again. Every seed that you've sown into people's lives, you don't give up on that seed. You keep watering it. You keep speaking over it. You keep releasing the spirit of God to go into activation into their lives. Every single time. Amen. Amen. Because as long as they're on the earth and as long as their seed sown, the Holy Spirit 
can work. Can work. And is always speaking because he has a mouth. The Holy Spirit is always speaking. Always. Unless he's been grieved and quenched. And then he'll go find somebody else to speak to. Or unless your heart's become hardened and you've rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected what the Spirit is trying to speak to you. Amen. So he's always speaking and always trying to draw people to himself. Okay? Look at. Uh, 12, John 12, 32. It says this in John 12, 32, and this will close. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. I will draw all people to myself. And this was Jesus saying, when I get lifted up, Now I'm going to begin to be able to, what? Draw all men unto myself. And he draws them by the Spirit. Draws them by the Spirit because it's the only, the Holy Spirit is in operation today. He draws them by the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. He draws them by the Spirit. Now, next week, we're going to go into uh, talking about the inner working of the Holy Spirit once we get born again. We're going to show you what it looks like and how you get born again and what it looks like and then begin the journey on the inner working of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes upon us, but He also, what, lives within us. And so there's two different workings, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to just continue on this journey. Amen? I think it's very important because in these last days, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of truth. There's so many lies going on today, so many things that are trying to deceive people. Many people are falling away. They're giving up on their faith. They're helpless, they're hopeless, and this is the one thing that they need to be able to overcome. Amen. And so we need the Holy Spirit in our lives because of the situations that we may be encountering as the day draws near. We need the Holy Spirit working in our life so that we'll know what people need when we're out and about and know the words of life to be able to speak to them, the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation, amen, when we're out and about. Whatever it is, we need the Holy Spirit in this last day and the power of God. And we've got to stir ourselves up uh, with what's been given us. This is a treasure that's been given us, a treasure, a promise from the Father. Amen. And the power of God. And we need to be more sensitive and more in tune 
with what the Holy Spirit is saying instead of what everything else is saying and what everybody else is saying. But what is the Spirit of God saying to me about this circumstance or that situation or what this person may need or what's going on over here? Amen? We want to be in tune with what the Spirit of God is saying more and more in this day that we're living because I'm going to tell you, we're seeing the falling away of people. We're seeing it. We're seeing congregations. We're seeing churches that shut down during COVID and aren't opening back up. We're seeing, you know, people that aren't even attending church any longer. These are people that are falling away slowly but surely. Amen. So we need to recognize these things about the Holy Spirit and treasure. I'm telling you, every day, every morning, you need to get up and you need to commune with the Holy Spirit. You need to read the Word and you need to say, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live on the inside of me and stir yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost on the way to work, praying on the Holy Ghost, uh, getting ready in the whatever. Pray in the Spirit. Do it so that you can overcome and and deal with what's getting ready to take place. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com. Thank you.